This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Gallstones are stones formed from precipitated bile components that, when present, can give rise to different conditions depending on the location of the stone. The presence of gallstones in the gallbladder is known as cholelithiasis. When the stone is found within the common bile duct, this is termed cholelithiasis. The presence of the gallstone can generate inflammation. For example, a gallstone in the cystic duct may cause acute inflammation of the gallbladder. This is known as acute cholecystitis. If the stone is in the common bile duct, it may obstruct bile flow and generate an inflammation of the bile ducts. This is termed cholangitis. If the stone obstructs the outflow of the pancreas, it can also generate acute pancreatitis. Firstly, we will look at why the gallstones form. There are three main types of stone, Cholesterol stones, which are made up of around 80% cholesterol and make up 35-90% to of all gallstones. Pigment stones are composed mostly of bilirubin and calcium salts, with less than 20% cholesterol content. These make up between 2 and 30% of all stones. Then we have mixed stones, which are 20-80% to cholesterol with other bile salt components. These make up between 4 and 20% of stones. The stones are formed due to multiple factors, and there is a mnemonic that I'll get to on how to remember them. First, however, the main three reasons for stone formation are an excess of cholesterol and a lack of bile salt, an incomplete or infrequent contraction and therefore emptying of the gallbladder, and the third is the presence of proteins in the liver and bile that play a role in cholesterol crystallization into gallstones. You may have heard of the five Fs of gallbladder disease, which is a mnemonic to remember the risk factors for gallstone formation. These are being female, fertile, meaning premenopause, or even on the oral contraceptive pill containing estrogen, as estrogen can increase cholesterol levels in bile, as well as decreasing gallbladder motility. Next is 40 or older, fat or overweight, and fair, as it is found more commonly in Europeans and North Americans. This may be due to melatonin enhancing the conversion of cholesterol to bile and inhibits cholesterol secretion from the gallbladder. Other risk factors include diet and celiac disease. 
So we already mentioned that cholelithiasis is the presence of gallstones in the gallbladder, while cholelithiasis is the presence of gallstones in the common bile duct. Most patients are asymptomatic, with a higher rate of symptoms in cholelithiasis. Biliary colic is the term given to the presence of symptoms resulting from the stones that later resolve. The primary symptom is pain resulting from the contraction of the biliary tree against the stone. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. We take this few seconds off to inform you, our valued loyal listener, about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the Nespod Studios. Join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems. Classic functional medicine back to basics health tips and special updates from the best doctors in the United States of America. Check out this health and wellness podcast shows. Explore Health Talk Weekly, Healthy Lifestyle Matters, Excellent Health Digest, Healthy and Free Daily and last but not least. Weekly Health and Fitness Corner. Also, check out Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told Fiction Podcast, for that real-life on-the-go experience with the 27-year-old golden boy who made our guest invite number one list. He tells us about his story as it happens in real time and in real life. It's Nasty Boy CC The Truest Story Never Told. Go get a load of that happiness because happiness is healthy as we know it. Join us every week as we continue to provide you the best of health and fitness wellness updates from around the globe. Enjoy the show. The pain is typically in the right upper quadrant or the epigastrium and often follows a fatty meal, although it is called a colic, which suggests a pain that comes and then goes. Biliary colic is actually more typically a continuous pain. These patients are afebrile, with pain being usually the only symptom, but may have associated nausea and vomiting. The pain may resolve on its own if the stone passes through the common bile duct or if it falls back into the gallbladder. Investigations will include a complete blood count and liver function tests to help rule out acute cholecystitis or acute cholangitis, where we would expect to see a raised white blood cell count. Elevated liver enzymes may suggest that the stone is in the common bile duct. Ultrasound of the gallbladder is the first imaging modality used in biliary colic. The mainstay for treatment of biliary colic is surgery, primarily through a laparoscopic cholecystectomy. Medical management is possible with pain control and avoidance of a high-fat diet, However, patients will usually have multiple stones and therefore have a high risk of recurrence. Extracorporeal shockwave lithotripsy is an option, but stone recurrence rates are high. Next, we have acute cholecystitis, where there is acute inflammation of the gallbladder. In 95% of cases, this involves the presence of a gallstone blocking bile movement through the cystic duct. As a result of this bile stasis, there is a release of inflammatory enzymes such as phospholipase A, which converts lecithin into lysolecithin, which mediates inflammation. This process causes secretion of fluid from the mucosa of the gallbladder into its lumen, causing further distension and release of inflammatory mediators such as prostaglandins. This then generates a vicious cycle 
that can culminate in infection as well as ischemia, necrosis and perforation. The signs and symptoms of acute cholecystitis include a pain similar to biliary colic. In fact, patients have often previously had biliary colic. However, the pain tends to last over six hours. It may also radiate towards the right scapula. Other findings can include a fever, as well as nausea and vomiting, as well as Murphy's sign, which is where palpation of the right upper quadrant as the patient takes a deep breath causes pain and a halting of inspiration. Jaundice is not commonly seen in acute cholecystitis because there is not usually an obstruction of the common bile duct, meaning bile coming from the liver does not get blocked. The exception to this is Meritzi syndrome, where a stone in the gallbladder or cystic duct causes external compression of the common bile duct. Lab tests here would likely show leukocytosis, as well as raised liver enzymes. Raised bilirubin should raise suspicion of a stone in the common bile duct. Ultrasound is again the imaging modality of choice, looking for the presence of the stones, as well as edema, thickening of the wall, and gallbladder distension. A hepatobiliary aminidiacetic acid, or HIDA scan, is a scan where radiotracers are used to evaluate gallbladder function and potential cystic duct obstruction. Treatment is once again ideally a laparoscopic cholecystectomy. We then have acute cholangitis, which is where there is bile duct inflammation and typically a biliary infection due to an obstruction of the common bile duct. In 85% of cases, this obstruction is due to a gallstone, but it can also be caused by tumours, previous surgery and other causes. This obstruction leads to bile stasis, which itself can generate bile sludge, which is a perfect breeding ground for bacteria that can ascend from the duodenum and travel up the biliary tree. In acute cholangitis, we may see a collection of signs and symptoms known as Charcot's triad, made up of a fever, right upper quadrant pain, and jaundice. Jaundice is commonly found in cholangitis because there is a blockage of the common bile duct, meaning bilirubin builds up within the body. Due to the obstruction, there is a raised pressure within the biliary system, which increases the risk of a translocation into the bloodstream that would then generate biliary sepsis. In this case, additional findings may include an altered mental state and hypotension, which together with Charcot's triad make up Raynaud's pentad. Other findings in acute cholangitis can include nausea and vomiting, pruritus, which is itching, typically due to raised bilirubin levels, dark urine and pale stools. We may also see rigors and tachycardia. Lab tests will show leukocytosis in most instances, as well as deranged liver function tests, especially a raised alkaline phosphatase. Lactate levels may also be raised, which if found in the context of hypotension, typically points towards shock. Blood cultures should also be taken in suspected acute cholangitis. The gold standard investigation for acute cholangitis is endoscopic retrograde cholangiopancreatography, or ERCP, as this is also a therapeutic procedure. However, due to the associated risk, it is often done following an MRCP. Ultrasound scanning of the biliary tract 
will typically show dilation beyond 6 millimeters in those who have not previously had a cholecystectomy, or more than 10 millimeters in those who have. Treatment will involve IV fluid resuscitation, IV antibiotics, and an endoscopic biliary decompression, which is typically done via ERCP, which may include a sphincterectomy and stenting. In patients who are too unwell to undergo an ERCP, then percutaneous transhepatic cholangiography is a second line. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.